news about what Bar City did, isn't it? Wednesday night, young people from 13 to 18 raising $3,700. We were youth pastors for almost 10 years. I don't know if we could even ever count or think about kids raising $3,700. Isn't that beautiful news? This church is generous church. Is that Big Jake in the back? How you doing, buddy? Good to see you guys. God bless you. I love you, though you're wearing a Raiders. I still love you. Hey, before we dive into the Word, uh, if you'll do this, if you have an iPhone or iPad or whatever you want to use, if you'll go to the app. If you haven't tried this yet, I encourage you to do it. It only takes not even a minute. Go to the app, hit your, if you don't have that app, you should download it. It's a great app. You can go to it. It has all kinds of beautiful reading schedules, verse of the day. Uh, go to it, hit it, more on the icon, more. You'll see live on live. Put in the zip code here, which is 83814. And it'll say Heart of the City Church. The notes will pop up, and then you can add your notes. You can add verses. Uh, you can do all kinds of things, and I think it's very helpful. Coach Corey, you guys are killing it, aren't you? Hey, can we just thank the NIC? I mean, think about it. They're undefeated right now, you guys. Isn't that cool? Gosh. Jordan, you hear that? Oh, he's back. Nate, you hear that? They're boys. Man, they're killing it. It's great. We're going to dive into God's Word. I'm in a, a series right now called Move. And... Um, I want to pray, actually the first point is also an announcement, and then we're going to go from there, but uh, would you just pray with me right now as we get into God's word this morning. Father, we thank you that you are here. God, I don't want to live in such a way, sing in such a way, preach in such a way that you're not, because you are. Two or more gathered in your name. You're here, and we love you. We adore you, and you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And we're loved by you. That's who we are. And we're so appreciative of that. I just ask right now that you would do what you do with your word. Your word convicts. Your word transforms. Your word brings life. Your word saves. Your word heals. All in your word. So we just say, have your way. Release your word right now. Anoint this time. Touch every person here. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... My first point today is, number one, God is moving us physically. How many of you was not here last weekend? If you was not here, would you just raise your hand so I can kind of put a, get a pulse on that? God bless you. Glad you're here this week. I recognize that about 30% of the church is gone each and every weekend, but we hope that that would change at Heart of the City Church. Amen. And so with that being said, we are moving physically. God is moving us physically. On December the 27th is our last day here on that day, that's a Sunday, after actually this service, we're going to ask everyone to help us 
move because it's not us and them or you and them or us and staff. It's all of us. We're part of the church, part of the city church. And on that day, uh, I had one gentleman last night. He asked me in the middle of the service and then he texted me afterwards. He said, hey man, I'm going to bring two trucks to my trailer. I'm going to rent the largest U-Haul. And while ago on my phone, someone else texted me and says, hey man, I got a box truck. You need it? I go, yeah, bring your box truck. So that's what we're talking about is that on that 27th, which is a Sunday after actually this service, we're going to move. We're going to two places. How are you going to do that, J.O.? Glad you asked. First of all, for 50 days or so, we're going to be at the fairground while the uh, new campus is being finished. So going to go to the campus, going to take over to the fairground the things that we need uh, for the fairground. And then we're going to have other groups going to our new campus. We have storage there, praise God. And we're going to take things over to our new storage that we need at the new campus. So we won't be taking everything to the fairground. A lot of things will be going over there so that when we get to the new campus, we can just pull it out of storage. But there is a lot of things that we will need at the fairground, like chairs. Will you say chairs with me? We have a chair men have a chairman over the chairs his name is connor the mc today what we're going to do i think there's somewhere where's the clipboards at there they are thank you we're going to pass these clipboards around just to kind of give us a feel for uh the things that are needed some of the things aren't on here but let me just show you what it says if you are willing to help us with this even if you're just coming and cheering us on that would be fine but it would be better if you helped. Um, <laughs> helping move chairs, uh, move out the classrooms. Uh, downstairs, got a lot of stuff downstairs. Supplies, have a whole supply room. Uh, bridges in the lobby, a lot of things in the bridges lobby. Copy room. And also, there's a lot of things still outside that we got to get over. So if you would be willing to help out in those ways, maybe you do have a truck trailer you could write that down. I had a lady ask me, hey, are we going to serve food? Maybe uh, a lot of people could bring food. We'll talk about this that this week uh, if we're going to you know, have people bring sandwiches or something. But don't know about that. But it's going to happen right after this service, probably about 1 o'clock. Amen? Can I pass this around and, and you sign in? Wonderful. God bless you. And so we're on the move. We have a wonderful, wonderful like video very, very moving video song that is kind of like our theme song for the move. Would you kill the lights and put up our theme song? Hope it inspires you. Are you inspired? I love that little guy that looks like a raccoon, but he's not a raccoon. What is he? A what? A lemur. I don't know them very well. I'm from South Carolina. We call them coons in South Carolina. No, just teasing. I like how he kind of did his hands right there. We'll move it, move it. Theme song. Uh, let me say something. The 50 days that we're over at the fairground, we're calling it the rally. Will you say that with me, the rally? 
I think, yeah, you, you'll see that banner out front. You'll see that banner, I think, real soon out front at the fairground. And the fairground will put us up on the digital reader board, the rally. We're believing that God, God has ordained us. This was completely, totally out of our control. We can't stay here. We can't go to the new campus. And God has taken us by way to the fairground. And we just know that we can walk in God's peace, galvanize it in his peace, because we're a church on the move. Before you, a lot of you came here for the first year, we were on the move. I mean, we moved, we moved, we moved, we moved. I think that first year we moved miles around to Fernand and then Fernand to seven days. And then five times the very first year, for the very first year, we moved five times. So this is not anything new, but we're a lot larger than we was the first year. But you know what? God moved Israel out of Egypt, and it was probably millions of people, and I know that he can take care of us on this move. Amen? And just think about it. The fairground, compared to where our new campus is, it's just right down the road on Kathleen. So we're even getting closer to our new campus. God is a God on the move. He's a God who reaches. He's a God of action. He's a God, amazing, awesome God, but he is a kind of go God. Stand still as much as you can right now. Try not to move at all. Just try to be completely still, if you will. No matter how still you try to be, I want to let you know that you're moving awfully fast. If you're on the equator right there because you're on the equator, not on one of the poles, you're moving a, about a thousand miles an hour. Let me break this down to you just for a moment. If you'll put those up, thousand miles an hour, and then you're traveling on the earth at fuel. That has one too many sixes and that's my bad. It should be 66,667 miles per hour. And then because of the, uh, 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 the system that we live in is moving at 550,000 miles an hour. And then, check this out, the galaxy is moving to over 2 million miles per hour. If you add that all together, no matter if you think that you're moving or not, you are absolutely flying through the universe at 2,855,000 miles an hour. God is a God of motion, and he's a God on the move. God moved Israel out of Egypt. They had been taken captive. They had moved there earlier before because Joseph was the governor. Wonderful story in Genesis, but then all of a sudden the Egyptians became uh, the rulers over the Israelites, and God says, hey, I'm going to move you out of uh, Egypt. And just listen to this. Look, look what God did. Look what God used. It's, it's beautiful and it's profound. Exodus 13, 21 through 22, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. Look here. To lead. Look at that. To lead the way. There was a cloud that led the way. Pretty cool, huh? And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light as so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud or uh, by day or the pillar of fire by night before the people. So God used the cloud and fire. The cloud would also lead them, but it would also cover them and shelter them in the desert. 
Fire at night would lead them, but the fire would also warm them in their journey. So God moves us physically at times. He's moving us, like I said, to the fairground and then to the new campus. Everyone say December the 27th. <laughs> don't forget that. And don't go, don't, don't do this. Uh, uh, it's December the 27th. Uh, I'm going to stay home today and watch football because I know they're moving. Tell your neighbor right now, don't do that. Come on, show up. Don't let this just be a wristband. All in. Amen. Let, it, let, let us not be an 80-20 church. That's, that's pretty much the ratio in most organizations. 20% of the people do everything. 20% give, 20% serve, 20% do everything. Why 80% just kind of chill? Can we do a kind of a flip-flop on that at Heart of the City Church? Can we do that? Yes, sir. 20% of you are saying yes. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. 100%, amen? All in, all in. Praise God. Well, God just doesn't move us physically. He moves us spiritually. And I want to talk about this today. I had, I was even going to talk about point three, but we're not going to do that. Next week is Behold. You, you don't want to miss that. Great time to bring friends and family that maybe don't know Christ. Saturday night, candlelight. It's going to be beautiful, all about Behold. Sunday morning, three services, children's program. I'm preaching towards Behold. And then Sunday night, our another candlelight service. It's a wonderful time to bring people to church, they experience the season and the celebration, but the true meaning of the season, which is Jesus Christ. So I was going to preach both points today, God moves us spiritually and God moves us mentally, but I found out last night that that wasn't going to happen. I'm only getting through today, God moves us spiritually. After on the week that we move, I'm going to be talking about God moves us uh, mentally. God moves us from one kingdom to another. God moves us out of darkness into light. God moves us out of a place of death into life. I want to talk about that, how God moves us spiritually. And I want to challenge you today as some of you, I know most of you are believers, or maybe some today that's still in the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to transfer you out of that even today. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. But with that being said, I want you to be challenged today in your thinking that it's not just about the death and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and it stops there with your relationship with Christ that you say jail I have a ticket to heaven and I'm good I'm, I'm good bro I'm good it's way more than that God wants to have a beautiful relationship with you a very intimate relationship with you that he walks with you day in day out you know his voice you listen you obey and he wants to develop a like we sang this morning a deeper deeper intimate relationship with you and i think that comes through the holy spirit but right now i want to talk about how he transforms us how we're moved out of one place to the other how god moves us look at first peter 2 9 will you interact with people around you right now would you do that? I'm going to have you interact. First uh, Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation. Tell your neighbor right now, you're chosen. Now, you can't pick on one neighbor. I'm going to have you do a lot of talking. You're chosen. Goes on to say, 
a royal priesthood. Tell you another neighbor, you are a priest. Good, good, good. A holy nation. Come on, tell them you're a holy nation. We got Raider Nation in the back, and earlier we had Denver Nation, Bronco Nation, I'm Steeler Nation. Some of you, sad to say, are Seahawk Nation. God bless you. But you know what? We're all of the holy nation. If you know Jesus today, you're part of the holy nation. Come on. His own special people tell another neighbor, you're special. That you may proclaim the praises of him. That's what we do when we come together as a church. We proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once was in darkness and now you are in light. He moves us from one kingdom to another. Listen to this one. Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Amen. You know what? If we, Radian was telling me she's reading a book, she said, this author said, you know what? If we were just to keep the Ten Commandments, it would pretty much take care of all the problems in our world today. Just those Ten Commandments. Jake would be a lot less busy, huh, Jake? Honestly. Walk as children of the light. Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. How many of you know there is power in darkness? But let me tell you something more powerful than darkness. Authority in the light. God gives you authority over all the power of the enemy. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Listen to these six. Can I read six scriptures? Can you turn ADD off and ADHD and all those things? Can you turn that off right now? Focus. Can you do that with me? First of all, smile. Listen to Connor. The most spirit, one of the most spiritual things you can do is smile. Good, good, good. Here we go. Listen to Ephesians 2, 1 through 6. Check this out. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. So there's a movement. It takes you from death to life. If some of you have not made that move, if you've not been transferred out of that dead and, and darkness today, uh, uh, we want to pray for you with that goes on to say, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. You know who that is? Satan, the devil. Before you know Jesus, he controlled your life. You're like, J.O., come on now. I, you know, even before I knew Jesus, I was a nice guy. I'll challenge you on that. Challenge you on that. Like Bob Dylan sings, you're going to have to serve somebody. Yeah, you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil, or it may be the law, but you're going to have to serve somebody. There is no in-between. There is no in-between. Don't listen to that New Age stuff, That's no, no, that deceptive stuff, that lie. There is no in-between. You're in the light or in the darkness. I know that you don't like that truth, but it is truth. It goes on to say, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the de desires of the flesh, of the mind. And we were all nature, uh, not, we were all by nature children of wrath. You're no longer a child of wrath, but now you're a child of God and a God, child of peace. You know, just because of Jesus, now you have peace with God because of Jesus. Romans 5 says that. Just as the others. But God who is rich in his mercy because of his great 
love. Aren't you glad that he loves you with a great love? He loves you with a great love because he's a good, good father. That's who he is. And he loves you with a great, great love. That's who he is. Come on. He loves you with a great love who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved, not by your works or religion or because you're cute or degrees or you're gifted or none of that. You're saved because of his grace. He did what only he could do, his favor towards you. And raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So listen to that, those scriptures there. He moves us out of darkness, out of the world, out of death. And he moved you into the most pristine seat in the house. You're seated in the place. You're seated in, if you're born again today, you're seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. God moves us spiritually. He moves us spiritually. Guess one of the greatest agents that he uses to move you spiritually in life. His Holy Spirit. He, you're moved, I think one of the greatest agents is that we're moved by the Holy Spirit. The very first place that you begin in relationship with God is by His Holy Spirit. You had a mama birth. How many of you were birthed of a mama? Raise your hand. I better get 100% right now or we got a problem here. Are you UFO? How many of you born of a UFO? No, you're born of a mama. That's a natural birth. But there's another birth, and it's a miracle birth. It's the birthing of the Holy Spirit. There was a leader, uh, kind of a religious leader named Nicodemus that came to Jesus Christ. He didn't get it. How many know that religiosity doesn't open your eyes? Jesus opens your eyes. That's what he does. He opens your eyes. Religion, I think I think the Holy Spirit has allergic reactions. He has allergies. And I think one of them is religion. I really do. Legalism. Like we sang earlier, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Well, listen, let me tell you the scripture, John 3, 5 through 6. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I have this, 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 this spirit for weeks now. God has been drawing me back week after week about the Holy Spirit. And I, I honestly was wondering why, why the, why the emphasis on the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it's because maybe people have come to the church and they haven't been taught in the Holy Spirit. Maybe God just wants us to blow the dust off the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's the one who's with us. He's the one that leads. He counsels us. He convicts us. He's fire. The Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit as fire. The fire, if you throw water on it, it can be quenched. The Bible says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. He comes as a dove, love. And it's, he's just a wonderful person. a matter of fact, I love talking about my best friend, Holy Spirit, because he's with me wherever I'm at. No matter if I'm playing turkey bowl on Thanksgiving Day, he's with me. 
And so I think that he uh, wants this to be known in his people. I, I started thinking this week, how is it that people do some of the most craziest things throughout the world under the umbrella of God in the name of a God in killing people, slaughtering people, hurting people all under the name of God? And to me, it was very easy. They don't have Holy Spirit. They've not been born again of the Spirit of God. And they don't have Holy Spirit. Because if they had Holy Spirit, they wouldn't be doing the crazy stuff that they are doing. First of all, a man must be born again. When he's born again, I believe the Holy Spirit comes alongside him to help him. Okay, These people are not uh, born of the Spirit. They're absent of the Spirit. You can be walking around physically alive, but absolutely spiritually dead without the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people, I think, are living that way. They have this vessel, have organs, but they're not, they're not using it for the original purpose. The original purpose of your tent, of your jar, of your holder, your dirt bag, is to hold the Spirit of the living God. You need to know that. How many of you have a phone? Raise your hand if you have a mobile phone, okay? That mobile phone, every day at night, I plug that mobile phone in. What does it do? It recharges, right? When I wake up in the morning and I pull up my phone and grab it for the first time, what is the the amount of charge on my phone? 100%, right? If I use it throughout the day, texting, calling, I'm on the web, using it for GPS, whatever, it begins to drain, right? And all of a sudden, you're at about 15%. You ever been that way? And you get all cranky, right? And then you're at 10%, extremely hard to live with. And now you're at 5%, and you're absolutely postal. Your wife's like, dude, Go get plugged in. Do whatever you need to do. See, that's what the Holy Spirit, I think, does for us. It's not just receiving the Holy Spirit when you're born again. It's not just about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, even though that's a powerful, powerful thing. It happened to me in 1988. But the Holy Spirit is there as a person for you to be plugged into on a daily basis. He wants to empower you. If you're walking around trying to do your Christian life and all the different things that you do as a born-again believer with about 15% power, I want to let you know you're doing a lot of it in your own strength. God wants you to be re-energized, recharged by the Holy Spirit. Is that biblical? I think absolutely. The disciples and 120 were waiting on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. Jesus says, I must go in order for another to come after me, the Holy Spirit, who's going to lead you into all truth, who's going to teach you, counsel you, convict you. You want me to go so the Holy Spirit can come upon you. They waited in Jerusalem, and then all the sudden, Acts 2, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, they were empowered. Bam! Two chapters later, Acts 4, the place where they're praying was shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Boldness came upon them. They're like, 
wait a minute, they were just filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. Well, you know why? Because we need to ongoing be filled with the Holy Spirit, ongoing plugged into the charger. You don't want to be a dead iPhone, amen? You want to be full of the Spirit of God because there's so many wonderful attributes that come along with that. Let me, let me give you an example today about the Spirit of God. We're going to talk about a few things and we're going to be done. If you remember Ezekiel, Ezekiel came out to a valley and it was full of dry bones. Just bones, a valley full of bones. And God said to Ezekiel in verse 3, he says this, Son of man, can these bones live? And I love Ezekiel's response. I think it's very, very an honest response. So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. And God began to challenge him. And I want you to prophesy. What do you prophesy? Prophesy the word of God. I mean, in the word of God is so much power. We have the sound conference coming up in January. Why do we do that? So that you can be, I think, imparted to. So that you can... Possibly, if God be willing, give you a word for your life. I mean, the, the word of God is powerful. And he said, I want you to prophesy. So look at verse 7. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Everyone say, a noise. And suddenly, a rattling. Will you say that with me? A rattling. And the bones came together, a bone to bone. Kind of like the old song, Knee bone connected to my femur bone, femur bone connected to my hip bone, hip bone connected to my backbone, and all the bones connected together. And it goes on to say, indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. But look at this. Look at the last statement. But there was no breath in them. I think there's a generation out there that we're trying to reach exactly like Ezekiel bones. At this point, they're rattling. They're making noise, walking around, kind of like a lot, even though I haven't really got into it or watched it much, zombies. But they're lacking something. They're lacking the breath, the spirit of the living God. And look at the next thing that he tells him to do when it comes to prophesy. Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. That breath in the Hebrew is rahu. Will you say that with me? It's just kind of a cool word. Rahu. Come on, go with me, church. Go with me. Rahu. Good, good, good. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Look what took place. And breath came into them. So they're not just a bag of bones. They're not just ligaments and sinews. But they get the breath of God in them. And look what takes place. And they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. That's what the breath of God does. It gives us purpose. It gives us life. It gives us power. You don't want to be a being, a temple, without the spirit of the living God dwelling inside of you. There's a story in the Bible the guy's name was Lazarus. Lazarus was not just any guy. He was a good friend of Jesus. Lazarus had two sisters, Martha and Mary. The whole family 
was close to Jesus. Good friends. Jesus is with his disciples and he hears, he gets words that Lazarus is sick. So what does Jesus do? He just keeps away. You know, it's like, wow. Does that mean that Jesus doesn't care? He's not compassionate? No, God has another plan. He stays there. He finally gets to the town where they live. Lazarus has been dead for four days. They got him all wrapped up in the tomb, dead four days. Martha comes out. Martha's like, Jesus, if you would have been here, could have helped my brother. Jesus begins to have a conversation with Martha, and he begins talking about life and resurrection life. Listen to the conversation here, verse 25. Jesus said to her, it's beautiful words. I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. If you're a born-again believer in here this morning, though you may die, this right here may die, you shall live. Why? Because the real me, the real J-O, is not this flesh or this temple or this tent. The real J-O is my spirit. That's, that's, that's the one that's going to live on. and live. I was born again of the spirit. Whenever I get born again, I didn't grow a whole head of hair. I didn't change physically. My mind didn't even really change. What changed, what became new, was my spirit, man. Look what takes place here. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asks Martha a question. I love that because... Your faith makes a huge difference in how God's going to interact with you. You say, well, isn't it all about God? Well, it is. But he says also, your faith be it unto you. You know that Jesus walked into his hometown? He walked right into his hometown. Could not do one miracle. God couldn't do a miracle. Why, why, why jail? Because of their unbelief. Their unbelief impacted God from doing a miracle. Your faith matters. What you believe matters. Who you think God is matters. God asked Peter. He asked the disciple, "Who are they? What are they saying about me?" Oh, some call you Jeremiah, and some Ezekiel, and some—I mean, not Ezekiel, but um, John the Baptist. And but who do you say that I am? Peter. Peter said, ah, "You are the Christ, Son of the Living God." Now listen. That makes a huge difference. He had that revelation from Jesus Christ. Well, he asked Martha, Martha, look what he asked her. Do you believe this? She said something so profound, a beautiful declaration, something that a faith that I believe that God says, you know what, I can do a miracle on this. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into this world. See, when you believe that way, I believe that God can do a miracle on your behalf. And so what takes place is that he goes to the tomb. That's going to be, that door over there is going to be my rock right now. I don't really have a rock. But he said, remove the rock. They're like, Jesus, he's been dead for four days. That brother is stinking. Poo, whoa. Remove the rock. Move the rock. Well, look at Lazarus right there. Would y'all just, now this is not biblical, but for you to see, I need to drag, would you just drag Lazarus out? He's dead, it don't even matter. 
Just drag Lazarus out for a minute. Pick him up a little. Put him over here, please. This is not biblical right here. We're not Jesus, so we need some extra human effort. And Jesus goes up to the tomb. The rock's removed. There lays Lazarus. Lazarus is a pretty big guy, too. And uh, at least our Lazarus is a big guy. And he goes up to him, and he says this. If you, can you put that verse up there for me, please? You got that verse? Look here. He said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, who is to come into the world. Not that verse. Now, when you heard this, look at this. He cried. Jesus, I like Jesus because he's loud. I, I tend to be a little loud, and, and that's okay. If you don't like him, don't mean to offend you. But Jesus was loud too, obviously. He says this. He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Just be still. Hey, Lazarus, just take it easy right there. Now listen. Why would Jesus say Lazarus? I, yes, ma'am. I think if he wouldn't have used the word Lazarus, he would have emptied every tomb and cemetery in the world. You thought Michael Jackson thriller was bad? But he also said Lazarus for another reason. Like I said a while ago, the real me, the real J.O. is of my spirit. And as soon as he spoke Lazarus, guess what took place? Why did Lazarus arise? Number one, because of the word of God. That was a word coming out of God, a word, a rhema word that his body responded to. Put another reason, the spirit of God entered back into Lazarus' body, right? But now he's still covered, like a lot of this general, like a lot of you when you came into church. You get born again, but you still got stuff going on. You still are wrapped in grave clothes. You still kind of stink. I was real stinky for a long time after coming to know Jesus Christ. I needed the church help to do what? To take the grave clothes off. Let me read that. Then he said this, and he who was died came out bound hand and his foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. See, it didn't take just what he could do, but it took other people around him to come and loose him and let him go. Would y'all help me? Would you loose him? Come on, some more people, help him out. Come on, loose that guy, loose Lazarus, and let him go. See, this is the power of the church. We try to do everything on our own, and it takes more than you that can get you to where God wants you. We need one another. Just like, hey, Jesus didn't do it all on his own. Jesus could say, grave clothes, drop off. He didn't do that. He raised him from the dead, and then he got other people involved in helping him loosen this. I believe there's this, what I consider a Lazarus generation that's out there. Like the bones of Ezekiel. They're walking around, but they're physically dead. They need the spirit of the living God. And guess what else they need? They need the church, you and I. Like you need, like I need, we need one another in order for them to walk in the fullness. Would you do me a favor and give Lazarus a big old hand today? He's not dead and he's not stinky. He's a great Lazarus and he's a really big Lazarus too. Try to toad him out. Listen, 
2 Corinthians 3.18 in closing. But we are all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Look at this. You can read through some. Oh, that's a cute verse. What does it mean? Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. What does that mean, glory to glory? Why is there songs written, glory to glory to glory to glory? What, what is God, by his Spirit, wants to move you spiritually from glory to glory into who? His image to become more like him. And he does that if you read the last four or five words. He does it by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of God living in you. He wants to move you. It's so vital, church, that we have in a relationship, an intimate relationship. It first begins with a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with the, the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, hey, J.O., I got born again, and I'm going to heaven. It's way more than that. He wants to deepen your relationship. He wants to take you from glory to glory to glory. In his, to become more like him in his image. If you don't know your spiritual purpose in life, I tell you one of them is for you to become like Jesus every day. And you need, we need, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to do that. He transforms us. What does it look like? Into his image. He changes us. We become more like Christ in his character. We love like Christ. We serve like Christ, more compassionate like Christ. We become more caring, more loving like Christ. This is the, the thing that does the Holy Spirit does in and through us as we recognize. Remember, the Holy Spirit comes as a dove. He comes in love. And as we receive him and, listen, have a relationship with Holy Spirit, He's able to change us from the inside out. How many of you know it's extremely hard to change oneself? Almost impossible. You have to be willing to surrender to the Holy Spirit. What was the greatest commandment that Jesus said was in the New Testament? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we say that and we know that, but what does that mean? Why? Relationship. God wants a relationship. When you love your wife, you are in relationship. He wants you to have an intimate relationship with him that comes through knowing the Holy Spirit. It has to. What's the second greatest commandment? Love what? Relationship. Why do you think that we, God calls us to go make disciples of all the nation? Relationship. So that they may know him. They may know his heart. That they may walk with him. God desires to have intimate relationship. I want to let you know the greatest agent for a relationship with God is who he sent to walk with us, Holy Spirit.